when you listen to the show, if we are wrong or we don't know what we're talking about, that is perfectly fine. And you can correct us anywhere you want on Twitter, on Instagram, or on Facebook. You can find us at Not A Historian Podcast or at Not Historians. That's fine because we just jump on the internet, go to the library, talk to people, watch some interviews, and do the basic research we can just to show that two average Joes can do it. Exactly. We're not historians. So let me ask you a question. All right. What is one of the most prolific bank robbers of the 30s and the kid that had to go to the nurse for getting a jelly belly stuck in his nose have in common? Uh, I'm not sure what. They both have the nickname Jelly Bean. Oh, okay. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Desmond. And I'm Shalom. Now, what do you know about Frank Nash? Well, you know, I know that the that Frank Nash is a is a prolific gangster. I mean, he he personifies gangster in my opinion. Really? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, several several prison stints and the finesse and ability to be able to leave prison and still continue with a career in crime. I mean, how many people can do something like that and still remain out in the in in the public in I, the free world? Rather, I ain't no snitch. Exactly. <laughs> My uh, my my first thought is you're probably right, but I also think it shows a lot of how prisons maybe have changed over the years when we deal with Frank Nash. Because as we will find out, he did several prison stints. He actually got sentenced to quite a few years. I didn't do the math, but off the top of my head, I know he had at least a hundred because he had a life sentence and a ten year sentence and two twenty five years that I can think of. So it's uh it's interesting. Now, as you may have guessed, being a gangster, he did not serve all that time. But, right. as we'll find out, surprisingly enough, he only escaped one real time. I mean, which is interesting enough. Right. I think that's kind of why he gets his own episode here. I agree. Uh, the other thing we're going to talk about is the Kansas City Massacre. Because it is maybe the worst yeah. prison breakout uh, plan in history. I feel like it's the worst plan I've ever heard of in my life. It It is a uh, Cobra Commander plan of... <laughs> Epic proportion. Yeah, it's very... Golly. So, I don't know what, what we can do here, uh, other than say, listen and learn, kids, because today is the first episode of Gangst. So, starting out, uh, what we're going to talk about is Frank Nash and his goddamn nickname. Because I can't get over the fact that the man we're about to talk about has the nickname Jellybee. Right, and, and that's kind of that's kind of weird. I, I mean, I, I personally would not want to be a gangster associated with the nickname Jellybee. But, I mean, I guess that goes with, like, uh, Scarface Al Capone and Babyface Nelson. You know, I don't think so. he – I don't. Th- I really don't know. No. No? Yeah. You don't think so? He didn't have jelly beans on his face. I, I like, mean, did he, he, did. Yeah, he just ate jelly beans by the handful and just had them smeared all over there. What's up, guy? Well, I'm going to do And they were like, jelly bean brought him down. Well, maybe he walked around with jelly beans. That's what it is. Maybe he walked around with jelly I think beans. So. I think so. And he was at the crime scene and stuff. And be like, nah, see? Nah, I got these jelly beans. See? Nah. I like the idea that he just really liked jelly beans. Like, I mean, I like jelly beans. Maybe the first thing he stole was jelly beans. Like as a kid or in general? Well, I mean, I guess that's the same, isn't it? So as a kid or as a criminal... In, in uh, making his way into oh, kid, the world, kids can be kids can be criminals too. Uh, uh, I mean, I, agree. I, I think I think he probably stole jelly beans. But stealing jelly beans as a kid is different than stealing jelly beans as a criminal enterprise or your introduction to the criminal. No, enterprise. I don't think he was like a jelly bean kingpin, like at a exactly. black market, like truckloads move from Chicago to New York. No one's going to challenge me in the jelly bean market. I mean, well, but you know what? I wouldn't mess with a guy with the nickname Jelly Bean. No, that's the, that's the, that's the terrifying part, isn't it? Yeah. Like, if you introduce me to a dude 
And you were like, his name's Jelly Bean. I'd be like, what's up, Jelly Bean? And then you meet the dude, and you're like, oh, oh, Jelly Bean, can I get you a drink? Do you, do you need a pillow? I mean, I can do for you. yeah, you start, you start, uh, you, you genuflect, you turn into to the guy who's going to take care of Jelly Bean. And you know what's funny is like, Jelly Bean was his nickname, but they called him Jelly, which I think is even even better. I'm gonna call him Jelly Bean because I like Jelly Bean. I don't understand how he got the nickname, so I think I want to know that more too. And I didn't get any of that in my researches. I didn't, you know. I'll be real honest. I just liked it, so I didn't want. I didn't want to ruin the, you know, the facade. The fact is, I doubt anyone knows for certain. Uh, I did see some rumors. It's just, you know what? It. I the guy's name Jelly Bean works for me, or Jelly, whatever you want to call him. You can call him either one. I mean, he's not going to do anything about it now. But the thing about it is that, well, he might have back in the day if you've been too, you know, I don't know. He robbed over 200 banks. I mean, who, how do you do that? I ain't even been in 200 banks. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> but who robs banks today? Let's, let's, uh, let's talk about that now. Well, I mean, they have, now we have identity. You just steal your credit card information online. So, right. So, I mean, it's kind of replaced traditional Tra- stick-ups. Tra- traditional stick-ups and bank robbery. Yeah, right? traditional. So, I mean, the way my granddaddy used to do, <laughs> stick them up, nobody gets hurt. Yeah, good old-fashioned bank robbery. So, I, can, I mean, I can appreciate that. The, the question now is, you know, how do you how do you put together a calculated plan where you can rob that many banks? So, I mean, let's think about it. If that's, if he, he had to be robbing, like, a bank a week. Uh, not doing so. Or, like, not, two or three banks a week. I mean, that's probably possible. I mean, yeah. back in the day. I mean, as we will see when we get to the prison part and the FBI part of the story, uh, things were a little more lax back in the day. I don't think they had probably security guard. Hmm. And if they did, it was probably worse than the old man sleeping in the chair. And yeah. you, you, if you're just moving, you could probably rob a few banks. Hell, you could probably run, rob three banks today. Well, not today, because today's Sunday, so they're closed. I mean, but you could probably rob like a couple of banks before even the cops even start chasing you. I mean, on the run, you could rob five banks. I feel like if you have a good gun and a fast car, and a plan, maybe and a, and a plan. Well, if the plan is a fast car and gun, I, I still think you get to five, two hundred. I don't know that. That a lot of. I banks. don't know if anyone. I'm going to say no American, maybe North, no North American. I don't know about Mexico. I that. It's the most I've ever even read about. Right. I mean, it's a, that's a feat. That's a, I don't want Oh, that's a high score. Yeah, his, his initials are on there. You go look at it, and it's like FBN, Frank Jelly Bean Man. I play, I play Payday 2. Have you ever played Payday 2? I have played Payday 2. It's about robbing banks, for those that don't know. You, you, you wear like a Joker setup from the deal. You wear a mask, got body armor, and you work in a team. You know, I don't, I've been playing that game for years. I don't think I've robbed 200 banks in the game. <laughs> you know, that's because you don't always rob banks. But right. I, that's my, the vault is my favorite. But anyway, before we get sidetracked, um, we should talk about Frank Jellybean Nash's uh, most dickish of moves, <clears throat> which oh. was uh, in 1913. Because he started way back. In the 30s is where we get interesting. But this story, we we have to tell because, Jesus Christ, uh, Shalom, why, why don't you take it away? What happened in Oklahoma over $1,000? I mean, uh, let's, let's talk about it. 1000 bucks in 1913, uh, I don't know what the, the uh, modern-day equivalent is, but it's got to be, I would think, around $10,000 or so. Oh, I, I bet it's more than that, man. More than that? I, wrote, I know that from looking for inflation rates. I can't believe I didn't write it down here, but I do this for the show all the time. Uh, I just can't believe that even then, I mean, taking a human life, how much, how much would you cost to take a human life of your partner? Say right now you had to kill me. How much money would I have to not owe you? How much money would we be splitting? You're only killing me for half of it. 
Oh, that's a good point. You know, I think that um, the answer to that question is no comment. <laughs> and, and I appreciate it. It's no problem at all. My life is priceless. Indeed. Uh, as you should think that. But uh, we're, so we're partners, right? You and I are partners. I, I don't think there's a number that I would put on the, the hit to take you out. Right. And, or, because it just doesn't make sense to me. But $1,000 is definitely not that magic number. Uh, maybe several dollars higher. I mean, I get it. It's a lot of money. Like, it, let's say it is a, let's say it's even a million dollars today. I still, I mean, I know there's people that would do it if you didn't know them, but you talk about your, your, your partner, your brother. Yeah, I, I wouldn't kill you for a million dollars. I wouldn't. For 500,000. I mean, I assume I'm getting some. Oh, that's right. Because yeah, you would have, we would have gone into it splitting it. So, so for a thousand dollars or rather, like, let's just even say it's a million bucks. Yeah. Let's say it's a million, it's a million bucks and we were going to split a million. So it makes 500,000. Yeah. I would not kill you for your, $500,000. That's crazy. But I think this this is the, I gotta admit, I like Frank Nash, but I think this is the epitome of Nash dickish. Dickishness. I don't know if it's, I mean, it's the epitome. I was gonna say, I thought you were gonna say it's the high point. I'm like, I don't think I can make that claim. No, no, no. I think it's the epitome of that because he, here's what it is. You know, Nash is working with his crime uh, partner in crime, Noli Humpy, Humpy Wartman. That's and, a great name, by the I mean, way. I love all their names. I mean, I, I don't know. How do you get the nickname Humpy? I, I don't know. Maybe he had like a lump on his shoulder or something. I don't, I don't know. All right. All right. So what, what's going on? Tell me. Tell me. So, so Nat, him and Nash get this $1,000 job, right, after robbing this bank or stealing some money in, in Oklahoma. And they decided they we're going to bury the money because Frank suggests, you know what? Hey, look, let's bury the money. We bury the dough. We can come back and look at the dough later. So or we can come back and get it when we need it. And so I guess they were trying to set up some some underground uh, prospects for later on. So just in case they had to run from the law, they can come back. Well, I mean, I think it's, you hide the money, right? So if the cops catch you, like, we didn't do it. Yeah, we don't have the money. And you know what? I did. By the way, sorry to interrupt. I did the math. Okay. It's about 25 grand. So he did it for about 12 and a half. 12 and a half large. So, I mean, that's that's awful. So they, they decided to bury this money at Frank's, uh, Frank's suggestion. And they go out in this place and they start digging back out in the, in, in the woods. They start digging this, this, uh, they start digging a hole. And mind you, Frank is not the one digging the hole. I don't think so. No. In this picture, I just, like, I know the story. So I imagine it. And Frank's like, stops the car and he's like, this looks good. It's deserted. Yeah. And he's like, why don't you get out and we'll hide the money so you don't get caught? Cause I'm going to let you take all the money with you. Yeah. But, but why would you, and, and then hold on. If that's how it happened, if that's the, the, the underlying discussion that happened, I, I kind of feel like, like uh, Hump, Humpy was kind of kind of off a little bit there in his in his thought process. I mean, you tell me from the story that Humpy ain't off. Fair enough, but well, he's off. He's been off. <laughs> he's been he gets off. He gets ladies, off. ladies and gentlemen, uh, the discussion where happens because what happens is Frank goes, "Hey, we should bury this money." He goes, "Humpy, dig a hole." Nolly goes, "Okay," and he goes out and he starts digging a hole and he's like, "How big is the hole?" He's like, "How tall are you?" Okay. And then he's like, oh, how deep do I need to make it? Oh, definitely six foot. And then he's like, oh, no, that doesn't, that doesn't look six foot. Why don't you get down there and check? So he jumps down there. He's like, oh, hand me that money. I don't want to get dirt on it. Okay. And then what happens? He shoots him in the head. Yeah. And I'm like, and then leaves him there. You know? It's crazy though. Like, what would you, what would you do if you found out this man had done that? Frank Jelly B. Nash walks in your door. Your friends are like, hey, this is my friend Frank. You can call him Jelly. Uh, and then you, you hear the story about him through the party. Yeah. You look at him, you think it's true. Which, yeah. I'm giving that man like a wide berth. Well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give that man a lot of space. Yeah. And I'm also not going to call him Jellybean. 
I'm gonna walk. I'm not gonna call him anything. But what if what if you call him Frank and he's like, we ain't familiar. You, I'll be like, you're right, you're right, you're right, uh, Mr. Jellybean, you're correct, and I'm out of the house. You call, you call him Mr. Jellybean <laughs> yeah. and leave, leaving your keys to your house on the door and leave me just like, yeah. just, just fucking take off walking like that. I fucked up. <laughs> like, just walk out the door. Yeah. What can you do? I mean, because, okay, to follow up the story, it's not like he does this one bad thing. Like, a lot of gangsters in this era, they do, like, one bad thing. Like, they rob a lot of banks. And we're talking, like, a handful, right. two handful, almost 100. This dude robbed 200-something over the course of his career. Not right now. In 1913, what we're talking about. So he has this $25,000 that he kills his friend over, buries him in a hole that he made him dig. Right. And then he goes, ah, I guess I'm going to get away with it. And somehow you still get caught. I mean, exactly. Like, really? What what just happened here? And that was his first, that was his first stint in a life sentence. So you're sentenced to jail. They say, yeah, you got to go to the pen. We got you. We got you. We got you. <laughs> and so we, we put you in jail. And for some reason, like I don't even understand the, the justice system at this point. No, I, this has to be. This is this is totally monopoly rules. Like if you rule doubles, hey, that's a shout out to last episode. If you if you roll double sixes, you roll any kind of thing, you get the you get out. You yeah, get, you know, like and let me tell you something. Someone should have checked Frank Nash's pockets because I'm telling you right now, Jelly Bean had a pocket full of jet, get out of jail free cards. I mean, he had to because he gets he gets sentenced to this life sentence, and. What happens next will blow your mind because I really thought this only happened in like movies and cartoons. Uh, he goes and says, Hey, uh, warden, I would like to go kill some Germans in World War One. Now, see, and they go, Yeah, you know what, Frank, that's you. We know you can kill people. That sounds like a good idea. Why don't you join the army? Now, he'd already been in the army once before, got out, came, did this. So he signs up and, uh, no, he served three months in the army, and he was free, which I think is crazy. Like that's some that's some dirty dozen type stuff. Yeah, like like the Lee Marvin movie, right? The dirty yeah, no, dozen. I know what I'm <clears throat> fan. Yeah, and then he only served three fucking months. I mean, how do you get away with that? Maybe the war ended. I didn't get a date on his terms of service. I don't know when he actually entered the service. Well, if he killed the guy in 1913, I mean, well, I mean, when he entered the service, he he didn't serve ten years. I know that, right? But whatever, three months in the army? Yeah, that's not enough time. I feel like he should have had to do more time in the army. Oh, he, personally, he should have. He should have <laughs> to do more time anywhere. So hold he on, have done more time oh, mopping so, the bathroom at Burger King. So hold he on murdered a, a man. Hold on a second. The fact that we've already moved past the fact that this man was serving a life sentence, and we're like, we're okay with him being out now. Well, no, I'm not okay with him being out. That's what I'm saying. He should have served more time. Yeah, I mean, he should have served more time in prison for murder. He didn't fear prison because of this, I feel like. Because he was even emboldened because he got sentenced to a life sentence and then walked out the door and then came back. You know, Because he came back a few times. I feel invincible, too, at that point. I mean, if you, if you, um, it, it's kind of the concept I feel of if you get away with murder, you know, I, well, I also wouldn't do anything to test the, the limits there. But if you go to prison for murder and you are allowed to leave prison early or at all, even, I would kind of feel invincible because you you find the you find the loophole in the system. I guess is what he found. I, I don't know. What you hoping there's going to be another world war to let you out? I, I'm not. That's not a loophole. That's a fair point. Okay, so we'll fast forward here because he's robbing banks. He's doing gangster shit. 
1920, he gets sentenced to another sentence, 25 years this time. Right. And this time, it's for safe cracking and explosives. I didn't even know you could go to jail for a crime specifically called safe cracking and explosive. It was a different time. It was, <laughs> but you know what's great is like this convicted murderer. Like they knew he, they had to know he's convicted of murder because they he did serve time. They know he got out early, right. on this, and then he got then he gets convicted for breaking, robbing, and blowing up shit. And they were like, you know what? This is our trustee. Yeah, what the hell? Like, I I understand the concept of, of a trustee in a prison or a trustee in jail in general, but. You don't pick people who are murderers to be your trustee. Well, I mean, maybe if they're refer- reformed after like 25, 30 years. But the man didn't serve time. He was out. I mean, no, he, he showed up and was like, hey, y'all, I'm the new trustee. <laughs> and then they lowered his sentence. They lowered his sentence to five years because he was so good at it. I mean, I mean, that's got to be that's gotta blow, be a blowing smoke job. Because if you, if you think about it, this man makes trustee. And he, it's just a game. It's just to gain, um, well, I guess, you know, favor with the warden. So his his prison sentence is commuted from 25 years to five years. Which it must have been because you know what? He actually served two years. Two years. How do you serve two years? Oh, God. You know, I don't know. But I, one, I don't want to find out. But at the same time, I think that it's just, it's a, and I keep going back to this point. It's a testament to how different our criminal justice system was back then. Are you just saying that mur- murderers and safe crackers aren't what they used to be? Like, they're not as trustworthy anymore? I mean, I guess I'm saying that. And then so. What happened when you could just take a man and his word in a handshake? I don't know. I think Frank Nash kind of He ruined it for all of us. I agree. But you know, how he, so he served two years, right, for this. Do you know how long he was free? No, how long was he free? Two years. <laughs> So he couldn't he couldn't stay off the lamb, right? Or is that how they say that? No, no, no. He he got released and he was free. He wasn't on the lamb. He was free. He was like, I served, I paid my debt to society, my life sentence in twenty five years. I've served like twelve years. That's obviously I've learned my lesson. And then he gets another twenty five years. I mean, you know what? That's ridiculous. I I, I personally wouldn't go anywhere near crime if I had gotten away. As early, and I mean, I said this earlier, but I think this is a common thought process of those who do not um, subscribe to crime. <laughs> subscribe to crime? Subscribe to a life of crime. I, I just like that they rhymed a lot. But, you subscribe know. to crime rhyme. That's a good one. I like it. Um, but he did, he did, he did stay in a little bit longer. He was like six years, six years for assault. That sounds right to me, based on my pri- my my previous experience of doing almost no time for murder. And my, my my two years for a safe crack hand explosive, six years for assault. That sounds right. So he decided to release himself. But honestly, I I mean, we say released himself. I'm going to say everyone involved was complicit, even if they weren't meaning to be. I agree with that. Because tell, please, I can't tell the story. So you have to please tell the story of how this gentleman got away. <laughs> okay. So the um, he, we talked about how he made trustee. He was he was actually a really good. Um, he made good with the warden. The warden needed some some uh, handyman work done, and so often uh, Jellybean would be allowed to leave the prison. Now let me go ahead and repeat that because it's a real paramount fact. He was able to leave the prison to go and run errands for the warden, and then one day he just didn't come back. 
I mean, just didn't come back to the jail. He dipped off him. He said, he said Warden, I'm going to run down to the store and get some cigarettes and milk. I mean, right. What the heck? How do you how do you think that that's a logical, I, a good idea? No kind of uh, supervision at all. He just left. That's what I love. It's like, I just mentioned, I just like, I love the idea that the Warden was like, I need you to, Jelly Bean, come here. I need you to run down to the store for me. Here, take my keys. Here's my wallet. Here's my pin number. And a road map to Iowa. Well, we're not going to look here. You know, that's that's crazy, though. <laughs> he waits like a whole day, I imagine. Like, just, nah, he'll come back. I can trust Jelly. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. a day goes by and he's like, he's not coming back. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so here's the question I have. How did the warden know that the, fir- the first time it was okay to even let him do this? You know, I mean, because Jelly Bean was smart. In this regard, I mean, I think he was dumb in some other areas, and I would never say that to his face. But I think that he's he's smart in some areas, and this being one. I think the first time, or the first few times, he actually did take care of these handyman duties for the ward. Well, obviously. I he mean, had to right. have some kind of that. being a handyman and a chef. Right. He was also a chef. Oh, he was also a chef. Yeah, he cooked. He, yeah, I mean, he Andy Dufresne the shit out of this dude. Like, he's like, I'm going to build your model. I'm going to do your taxes. I'm going to do your bookkeeping. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, he built... He built. He established rapport with the with the warden. No, I got that. I mean, and that's that's spectacular genius right there. In in terms of being able to set up a situation where the warden has the warden now works for you, and then he walks out of the prison and doesn't come back. Why would you send this man out in the world with no supervision to handle these handyman tasks? I, I'll get past. I will allow the fact that you think that this prisoner, who has an extensive background in criminal activity can be reformed enough to where he can handle handyman duties. I just, I just want I just want to be I just want to be clear. Charlie Manson, he done less than this man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean uh, uh, we're gonna send him to the store to pick up some duct tape and I, I mean I, nowadays I don't think we would. No no nowadays nowadays it's this man got out of prison easier than you can cross into Mexico. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't go to Tijuana as easy as this man got out of a life sentence. A life sentence. I mean, that's that's the next thing here. But let's let's talk about this for a second because yeah. the man. I'm still not over this concept that he walks out and never comes back. And I mean, if you're the warden, I mean, you're not going to be the warden much longer after that. I don't know. I feel like this was probably like common. Jerry, this was the third time. You know, after the fifth time, you get a write up. <laughs> this system was in place. It apparently wasn't novel. That's like that's the crazy part, right? It's like yeah. it's not novel. Be back before dark. Yes. Don't forget your jacket. Ridiculous. I, that doesn't make any sense. No, it makes it makes zero sense to me now. Like honestly, as a civilian, just sitting here, I'm like. But here's my thing. I'm okay with I'm okay with the concept that people who have made bad decisions and are now incarcerated because of them. Can change. Oh yeah. Way. I mean, they can change. They can be. They can reform. No, no. We're not, we're not, not going to turn into a debate about that. But I agree. No, I mean, no, I think. Right. I don't think there's a problem, a fundamental problem with the philosophy behind. So I'm saying that I don't incarceration think there's a, a problem or rehabilitation. With, but but I'm saying there's. I don't feel like there's a problem with allowing him or or buying into the fact that this man may have changed. No. And now he's going to go do some hand. But but here's the thing. No matter how much I bought it. I'm letting him out of a prison. Like, just say those words. I'm letting him out of a prison. And imagine who that person is. Yeah. 
Does that person have a life sentence on their record? I mean, not the person I'm For imagining. Murder. I'm not the person I'm imagining that I would I would offer this <laughs> this uh, um, accommodation to. No, no, no. Right. That's what I'm saying. And what's okay? So he, he escapes. I'm just going to skip ahead here. He escapes, and they call in the FBI because that's what you do, right? When a prisoner escapes, and back at this time, the FBI was more of a investigative. Uh, deal. That's what the I and FBI stands for. Oh, for investigation. Yeah. Yes. So they, but they were really focused on investigation. Like they weren't enforcement hardly at all. They weren't going and they were molded and scully. Like drawing guns was not something they did because they didn't have guns. Right. So they conduct this giant manhunt. Um, I'm pretty sure they looked in hen houses, outhouses, whorehouses, all the houses. Yeah. And they track him down. They are really good at this. They track him down. And they find him, I think, in Arkansas. Is that right? Arkansas. Yes. Yes, that's correct. And they capture him. They, they take him. And they decide they're going to take him back to prison. So they get on the rail because that's how you did it back there. Because as everyone knows, you can't pull a con air if you're not in the air. Correct. So uh, what happens next is referred to as the Kansas City Massacre. I feel like the only thing that got massacred, though, in truth, besides... Some of the law enforcement. I'm skip the bad guys. The law enforcement it was my dude Frank. I mean, it, well, no, no, is planning and brain cells. <laughs> it was a horrible plan. Like we're we're gonna get into what happened here just in a second. But um, before we tell you the plan, I just want to ask my my co-host here. You know what the outcome? I would hope so. Do you have any knowledge? Uh, hindsight 2020, but your front sight must have been like 450 because it how. I don't understand how a blunder of this magnitude can be made. I mean, but, uh, like, uh, the, the plan must have been better in your head. That's the only thing that comes to you. Right. Like, they're like, they, they had the, the, the dream sequence, right? Where they were like, so I'm going to rappel in through his window, and I'm going to kick his face in. And when the door opens, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to point my gun, and I'm going to sling it. And I'm going to shoot both of them at the same time with two hands. And then I'm going to fly backwards and do a flip and kick him in his head. Like, that's the only way that you could have thought... That this would this be plan idea. was going to work. Yeah, no. Because the plan is horrible. Shalom, please, we don't know what the actual plan was. No one left uh, a written note that I'm aware of. Right. No, they did not. So why don't you tell people what actually transpired? All right. Well, so what happened was that um, Frank Nash was about to go back to jail. But he had some friends, some powerful friends, some not-so-smart friends who decided that they were going to rescue him. And so, as it turns out, what they decided to do was uh, break him out. So, once they found out that he was going to jail, they made their way that direction. And who who decided that they were going to spring him from, from the FBI clutches? Yeah. So, they meet him at the rail station, right? Where they're transforming from the railway to the car. And they're like, this is the most vulnerable point. So, it seems like they had pretty good planning. Because they at weren't point, like, right. let's, rob a, let's rob the trainer. Let's hit the car on the move. Like that's what you see in movies. They were like, no, 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 we're gonna catch him when he's coming down the steps, when they're when they're when they're out in the open, and we can get away. And they, you know, like there's tons of room. I get that part of the plan. I yeah. think. And th- up until now, this is like I'm like, yes, yes. And then the next part is so bad that like think about that. It's a smart plan, and we won't go on the train because you could go on the train and hop off the train. We've seen that in movies. Yeah. Stop the train, rob the train, and mm-hmm. do that. They, they pick, like, the best spot, I feel like. I'm not a criminal mastermind or anything, so I don't know. But then... <laughs> then they decide that they're going to just... They're going to start shooting. They start firing. They start firing on, on the FBI agents, 
on the on the uh, on the convoy. Actually, they just start firing, and you know, lo and behold, unfortunately, they they were to hit. They hit what four FBI agents? I think it was four law officers overall. It's, it's insane. Anyway, go ahead. So, I mean, apparently these guys start firing on the on the convoy, and you know. Bullets are racist, I think. I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there. Yeah, Bullets are racist. Because you know why? Why? Because all humans look the same to bullets. Exactly. So guess what happens when you run up on a convoy, people, and just start shooting? Everybody gets hit. That's it. And in, and in this situation, we lose Frank Nash. Yeah. We lose Frank. We oh, Such a loss. Such a tragedy. No. I, I mean, I feel like the guy's evaded death several times. Like, the way it makes it sound and the way I picture the gangster era, I hope it wasn't just, like, a bunch of dinky 32s and they were like, ping, 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 and then he got hit. Oh, I'm dying. I wish I had some jelly beans. Did like fell out of his pocket? Just passed out. Yeah, when he died, he just turned to a pile of jelly beans in a suit. I mean, It's like, whoosh, tweed suit and just jelly beans. Just He just transformed like a vampire into ash. Like, I feel like that happened. I probably did. I did not. I You know what? I didn't find a source that said it didn't. Hmm. So... No, and not a story we don't do that. That's obviously a joke. Right. No one turns into jelly bean that we're aware of. So what what really changes after this is the FBI gets brutal. Yeah. The FBI decides, no, no, you did not just, you didn't just, they just run up on us. So they they find uh, the gentleman in question that helped Mr. Nash die, right. apparently. I mean, that's all they did. Was help. They did not help him escape. He did not. Well, he, he escaped his mortal coil. Um, but the truth. He, he did not. He did not escape uh, the clutches of, of justice in the way that he planned, I think. Not even close. Which, I mean, is really sad because I don't know that he had planned to be sprung from jail. Like, I don't know that he. Well, I mean, I think he maybe he had like maybe he had a contingency plan. He's not a dumb guy. But why would he try his luck there when he's been successful going to prison all these other times and getting out? You know what I mean? He hasn't had an issue, as we kind of discussed with this entire this podcast here. We've he hasn't had any shortage of opportunity to spend time in jail. So I mean, are we saying that we think that at this point in time he would have thought that this was it? This was it for him if he went back to jail. He wasn't getting back out. No, I don't. I mean, you just talked about how he thought he was invincible. I think he probably of that That's mindset. True. That's true. What was crazy, like I said, is coming after this. The FBI got insane uh-huh. about it. Now, you no, know, Congress. We're going to arm the FBI. We're going to let them make arrests because that's how different the world was. Just like in 1930s, at this time, the FBI. If the FBI came after you. Like okay, because the FBI didn't have guns, yeah. they couldn't really arrest you. Right. They didn't have th- those authorities. They had to bring other law enforcement with them, which, I mean, makes them deadly, but they're they're just a force multiplier at that point. It's crazy to think that Frank Nash and the botched Kansas City rescue slash massacre. Uh, yeah, botched rescue ended in massacre. Yeah. Was, was the point that made Congress go, okay, this dude was so bad, we need to catch him, and we should have known that this was going to happen. Yeah. So the FBI, from now on, Carrying guns, arresting folks. The people that broke him out, we don't actually know who all they were because there's yeah. a lot of uh, dead people that could have identified them. Vernon Miller, who most know, think, I guess I'll have to say, reportedly was in this. He ended up in a ditch. Allegedly. Yeah. He, well, no, he ended up, allegedly well, no. was involved. Allegedly. <laughs> but right. he, did, he, he for sure ended up in a ditch <laughs> in, in a Detroit. Ditch. Now, I just want to point out, 
We've already pointed out how horrible of a time this was. We, we did. And imagine ending up in a ditch in Detroit today. Ooh. Now take a hundred years off that. Damn. Ain't that a... Damn, man. Could not. Could not. You know, Adam Ricchetti? I don't know. how. He got the chair. Yeah, he did get the chair. Which I, I think is awesome because uh, in researching this, the electric chair is not used for like all these famous criminals that you think it is. It's really reserved for like... Maniacs and killers and everything. gangsters don't get the chair very often. No, I so mean, they puts, don't live that long either. Well, no, I mean that's fair, but I'm just saying, not as many end up. They they end up serving time and aging out, or yeah. Al Capone got syphilis. But this dude actually got the chair. You know what? You're in an elite class, son. You're in an elite class. You're, you're probably in a really elite class of idiots who tried and murdered their friend and ended up in the chair. All right. That's so that's so sad, though. And then Floyd ended up dying in a firefight with police. Yeah. You know? I mean, we'll cover Pretty Boy Floyd probably since we're covering gangsters this season. He's a pretty big name. Yeah. He knew what he was. I mean, everyone kind of knew what they were doing. They were coming after him because of this. We say it was a turning point for the FBI. When Floyd was dying, he was like, I didn't. I didn't do nothing with Frank Nash. Yeah, and it kind of points to, yeah, you were you were you were innocent. Yeah, sure, sure you were, yeah, but you know what? Maybe he was innocent. Maybe he was. I mean, I mean, except for he wasn't. Would you confess? No, hell no, right? No, so I mean, it's like we say with the the dying man's last breath. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna die, gangster. <laughs> I was getting killed for the very thing that he. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's just. I mean, not, it's not even 100 years. No. The FBI didn't have guns. This dude could rob 200 banks. The the, the prison sentences. We, we keep hinting at this, but I hope it's as shocking to you guys as it is to us. I, I'm, I'm sitting here trying to do the math still. It's at least 150 years. At least. And he served literally, obviously, not enough of it to not be in prison for more than 20 years. Right. And somehow... Yeah, and that's... And he was released all but one time. The life sentence he got released from. The 10 years he got released from. The 25 years he got released from. The first time... And the second time is when he escaped. Yeah, but I mean, it's just... But we can't even really call that an escape. I don't really think we can call that an escape. Well, but that's what I'm saying. That's that's the other change, right? He was a trustee. Yeah. Some sort of handy... I don't even think that position exists anymore. Probably also because of Frank Ash. Like, think of... Probably not. I hope that... I I never saw anything mentioned in how many prison reforms there were. I saw... FBI reforms. But I'm really wondering how many prison reforms came about because you can't trust a man to leave a prison. I mean, you see what I'm saying? That, what kind of, who does that? Oh, I mean, we have work release, but that's not for violent offenders that have the. I mean, right. it's for guys like sitting out parking tickets, you know. Okay. So let me ask you this. Okay. What is your takeaway from Frank Nash and the Kansas City Massacre? My What, what is my take on it? You know, well, from this, like, what, what, what do you take away from it when you, when you come out of it at the end of the day after, after we research this and we sit here and we talk about it? How's it affected you? Like, from the point of view that we came into the show and we said we were going to do history, we're gonna, we're not historians. What has this taught you? Well, it's taught me a couple of things. It's taught me that times were different back in the nineteen thirteens, and the world was a different place. Um, it's also reiterated my understanding that money was different. And crime really doesn't pay. You know, I think that there's there's just, um, and maybe this is getting too serious, but I think maybe there's just an opportunity to say, hey, as a society, we're moving forward. Let's continue to move forward, but let's never forget what we've done in the past because 
if we forget what the past, what's done in the past, then we're doing to repeat those mistakes in the future. For me, what I took away was I had no idea what, other than movies, mm-hmm. I hadn't really looked at what prison life had ever been like in the past. Now, I've watched Lock Up and I watched those kind of shows, and uh, I kind of know what to expect like today right. when I watch a prison movie. I'm like, oh, they would never do that. Have I seen a Lock Up where they make you do this or that? I've never been to prison, so I don't know. Right. But I feel like this this is almost insane level of incompetence. Like the judge that's an instant to this stuff, the warden, the guards, anybody would be allowed to work there today. No, they wouldn't. There'd be I know, maybe maybe it's true. Maybe the policies, maybe the times were different. Sure. But that different, I just I mean, I can believe it because I'm reading it. But right. to wrap my head around it, that's what I'm learning. Is like I have to be able to not transport myself to a time and place, but to understand the mindset of the day is something totally different than just reading it and knowing right. it. Like I can know these things happen, but but re- yeah, but understanding that we should let prisoners go to war and set them free of life sentences. I, I mean, I'm okay. And, I'm okay with a commuted sentence for them going to to war, fighting in the war. But I but I'm not okay with them because I mean there's a chance thing. I'm I'm also into some gladiatorial justice. In hey, case. I mean that that's something we can talk about another time. <laughs> I I just it boggles my mind. And what boggles my mind more is like to think that the FBI wasn't allowed to carry Security guns weapons, yeah. or arrest you. Like you can mean they couldn't even be like stop or we'll talk to you really fast. <laughs> what? That's, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's an interesting concept too. That's a I mean, and, and we'll probably do a show on all these things in the future. But yeah. it's just right now, as our first episode of the season for gangsters, this is a hell of an introduction for me because it changes my mind of like why they operated the way they operated. Right. Can rob two hundred banks. I mean, that's that's a feat in itself. Right, and then but he also gets to walk in and out of prison for all these kind of charges. And then he gets that many FBI agents killed. Imagine right now that the FBI or the NSA or CIA or NSA or anyone else isn't listening in mm-hmm. on, not us, but on, but on like following criminals when they're around to know that his associates wouldn't be trying to pull, pulling up outside of Union Station right now, running up on you. Come on. Yeah, it just wouldn't happen today. Would not happen. Mm-hmm. Did happen. And it happened to a dude that all the other stuff happened to. And it's not like random circumstance. That is why we are doing a season on this era of gangsters. Because there was a period of like 20 years where it's like, well. Crime did pay, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I paid in bullets. <laughs> I don't accept lead. But, I mean, just damn. I'm sorry, guys. I, I'm i probably overdoing it here. But I'm just, I'm very, as as I look forward to the season, I'm very I guess flabbergasted is the only word I can use, and I don't like it. We, we, we let people do this, and what do we do now? I mean, hopefully, we'll, honestly, do we, we don't hear about this kind of stuff. No, I know. We don't hear yeah. about it, but are are we – You know, obviously, they didn't think it was going to happen to them either. Like, well, Or you well, wouldn't well, have released him on early sentences or conveyed him by this or let the FBI not have guns. But, I mean, we don't we – don't, I don't feel like now we allow prisoners to leave the prison unsupervised – for but we do. We I mean, handyman not, not, actions. Not for that, but like, okay, let me ask you this. Just the bank robbery. Okay. Imagine being able to pull that. Just the bank robbery. I'd be rich. Yes, but imagine what it would take now to just pull off the Oh, office. yeah, it's, it's un, unheard of now. It I mean, would be impossible, it, right? I, impossible. I, I really feel like unless you owned a tank and like a helicopter 
and like a island in non-extradition treaty waters that you had your own country with the military, you couldn't do it. No. Not 200. Not even for five dimes. I really like, don't you think you could do it to like four or five banks now. I don't really No, no, no. I don't think, what I'm saying is, I don't think you could, I don't think you could walk into 200 banks without somebody asking questions. That's true. Well, Secondly, there's no way, like you said, that you're walking out of prison as a handyman. But other than that, imagine right now someone saying, oh, I want to go fight. I want to go fight the, the, the extremist. Yeah, we're not going to do that. And you're like, no, you're going to serve your time. No one. You end up in a black side prison yourself. Yeah. And then to think, top it off, like, you won't get that many FBI agents and police officers and people, just just people. I mean, obviously, I don't want to focus too much on the gangsters dying. But you won't get that many people killed. And there's not going to be a shakeup. Right. Jesus Christ. It's, it's, I mean, the shakeup did happen, but even then, like, I'm just blown away. Sorry. That, I, I think, is it for me for Frank Jelly B. Nash. I want to give a shout out to Jelly B. Thank you, Jelly B, for giving us such a topic. For, for giving us a good story. Yep. So we're coming back in two weeks. In two weeks. And it'll be a topical show. It will be. What's the topical show? Uh, the topical show next week will be Blowing Smoke. And where the theme came from, like the phrase came. From. Oh, the phrase blowing smoke. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't like that. So the topic is blowing smoke. I mean, what were you think? What was on your mind? Um. So, uh, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you, thank you indeed. And uh, why don't you go out and buy yourself a jar of jelly beans in honor of my boy Frank, Frank Nash? May he rest in peace. Yeah, and also remember, if anyone ever asks you to dig a hole in the dark, uh, same size as your body, you should not do it. Certainly not do it. I'm Shalom Agalaba. I'm Jasmine Dunn. And we are not not historians. historians.